This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You are now entering the Welcome to The Bolt Zone. This is a competitive magic podcast for The Average Spike, co-hosted by me, Cody DeBose, and the former PT champion and Magic World champion, Nathan Stoyer. We're bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to improve your game and be a better player. Today, Nathan is deep in PT testing for Chicago this weekend, so I am joined by a very special guest. We have Evan Farrell on the show, who you probably better know as the founder of SpiceRack.gg. Evan, how are you doing this morning? Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. And you're also in Chicago right now, aren't you? Yes, yes. We are in we're in Hyde Park camping out for the week. We're in the oh, neighborhood that Obama grew up. Um, nice. Enjoy the the Chicago uh, sites, such as the Rat Hole, and I think all iconic. <laughs> I think that's all we've done. We've gone to the Rat Hole and then just like ate a bunch of food. That sounds like a pretty solid trip to me. It seems like you're checking the bucket list off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a. Uh, George Jabour took me to, is it Portillo's or Portillo's? Okay. Yeah. 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 Like this, like sandwich and like sausage spot. And he's like, you like have to get this one thing. And he like told me to get the one thing and then had that, uh, which was really good. But other than that, yeah, Ch- Chicago has been pr- pretty good food wise. Right say. on, man. Are you playing any events this weekend? For Magicon? Yeah. I'll probably play secret layer showdowns just because they're a little bit faster and but probably not the standard 75k i think yeah well today we have a a different episode um we're going to be talking about the world of developing software for magic uh, including an exciting new project that ev and the spice rack team have cooking right now but first we're going to give a shout out to uh, all of our patrons everyone who takes the time to listen and support the show we appreciate all the support we have no new patrons this week but want to thank all those who have kept up their support we do have new merch over at boltbirdmtg.com slash shop you can check that out for hats t-shirts hoodies everything you can think of uh, and if you get some be sure to tag us on twitter with the hashtag bolt zone chat and show it to us so we can see you wearing it in the wild you can also support the show directly by signing up for the patreon leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform or just spreading the word about the show okay well before we jump into I want to let everyone know that the podcast is sponsored by BoogieBoard, the ultimate LCD life pad. BoogieBoard's patented reusable writing surface allows you to track life totals and jot down quick notes during casual or competitive play. Never have to worry about ruining a notebook in your bag or running out of paper mid-game. After taking down your opponent, you just press the button to clear. You're ready to start over. BoogieBoard's best-selling Jot tablet gives you plenty of writing surface. The Jot Pocket is perfect for tighter playing spaces. And regardless of which one you choose, BoogieBoard is available at friendly local game stores across the country and at major retailers. You can learn more about it at myboogieboard.com slash games. Never start a match without your boogie board. All right. With that out of the way, Ev, let's dive in. Let's talk about Spice Rack. For those who don't know, uh, I know you're super passionate about this project. Tell us a little bit about it. So Spice Rack, as of right now, is uh, a website for players to find magic events. And so when you go to spicerack.gg, the website will just show you immediately magic events that are nearby to you without you touching anything. And then if you want to 
filter to find RCQs or local commander or events at a given store. Uh, you can do that with just a few clicks. But the, the goal there is just, you know, making it really easy, whether you're on your phone or in your computer to be able to like find the magic events that you want to play really quickly. Yeah, that's a, a really awesome feature. You just jump right in. And something I really like about it is, you know, just the layout, how it shows you everything you need to know in one glance. You got the date, you know, where it's at, price, if there's any with it, how far it is, like all, all that stuff is really awesome. Where did the idea for this kind of come in and and where did you start with Spice? So I started the website as like a hobby when I was working at my last uh, company. I started working on Spice Rack as like a hobby project when I was doing my, my last startup in New York. I was like pretty burnt out from work and magic was kind of like the thing that like, like I realized that I just needed a hobby really, really badly. Yeah, and Magic was kind of the thing that saved me, I think. Um, I was just working just ridiculous hours and like more or less like sleeping at the office and only doing that. And so I started playing Magic again. I basically, I wrote down a list of things that I could go and do to like find like a community. Um, mm-hmm. And it had like all these ridiculous things on it, like from like joining the Freemasons to like starting starting to play magic again. I did. I went to a couple of Freemasonry meetings, not really for me, but pretty big community in New York. And then also like, you know, join a soccer team, like whatever, like all these sorts of things. And I'd played magic in the past and thought, okay, well, let me just go and do a draft or whatever. And so I started playing a little bit again and realized pretty quickly that especially if you're not super plugged in and you kind of know, like and have memorized where all like the locals are happening like every week, which is what people tend to like learn over time it's actually really hard to find like what events are happening, especially when I was, I was so busy and like using the event locator, I found, you know, challenging because I would often want to check events when I was like walking home from work. And so I wouldn't right. be on, I'd just be on my phone, be walking back, like, and I'd be passing like the canal street, like subway station in New York and thinking, Oh, do I need to like hop on this to go somewhere? Or do I need to go? Or am I just going to go home? Cause there's nothing happening tonight. And so I need to check to see if there are any events happening on my phone. And I found it pretty cumbersome and like not easy to find. I also learned that there were some stores that just didn't post their events to the locator at all. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like a pretty broken system. And, you know, everyone had these tricks like, okay, you have to bookmark a bunch of different pages and like access your bookmarks on your phone and then do that to go and find the results and, and do all this. And I thought, oh man, like this, I sort of like felt the experience of I'm probably attending fewer events because of the friction required to find them. Yeah, it's a and, chore. <laughs> sure, yeah. And like, that's the thing that has rung true. And so I built sort of a very simple kind of prototype that was for myself only. I didn't even tell people about it. It was just like, I basically just revisualized like the locator more or less and started with that. And I, I realized that, you know, just being able to check what events were happening like on a whim got me just playing more magic. Uh, mm-hmm. So I started showing kind of people on my phone. They're like, oh, you should launch this. And then I, I did, and then that was kind of the original version. And kind of the, the first version of the site more or less does the same thing that it does now, which is just, you know, it shows you events really easily. Yeah, nice. And so your background is in like software development and you had mentioned the startup and stuff. What what are you doing? Is this like your, your full-time thing now? Or are you still doing this on the side? Yeah, I do Spice Rack full-time. Nice. Uh, full-time meaning like it's my only thing. And so it takes up mo- most of my focus, but I'm still, you know, I, I play a fair amount of magic and I, you know, travel a lot and, and play a, a fair bit. And so it's, it's like not as crazy as like the, like my last sort of like full-time thing, I guess. 
but yeah, my, my background is in software development. Like I studied software engineering at school and then I ended up dropping out when I started my first company. Sorry, mom. And, <laughs> and then yeah, ne- never went back and then just sort of just ended up starting a couple different companies and, and going and doing technical stuff at, at those. But like most of the software engineering that I learned was all self-taught. Like school is really good for teaching you like interesting kind of fundamentals and maybe like seeding your knowledge a little bit about what like sub area you might want to go into. But like sure. most of the web development stuff that you learn these days is just you just watch YouTube tutorials kind of thing. Yeah, that's really awesome. So as far as Spice goes, that's kind of the background of it. How has it sort of evolved? And I know we have the big news we'll talk about in a little bit, but yeah, as far as like what's on the main site today, you know, how has that evolved since you started it? Where are you where are you hoping to go with it? The big thing has been in terms of how the site has evolved over time has been really empowering what I like to call the spreadsheet person. Uh, and one sort of thing that I learned really quickly when I launched the site is that every like sub community in the game has uh, like, you know, Houston or Toronto or, you know, different, you know, cities or localities, they mm-hmm. all have a spreadsheet person. And this is the person that is going and they're coalescing all the RCQs and they're building a list of here's what's going on. Or maybe they have like a list or you know, discord events of here, are all the, the locals that happen. Or, and they're kind of like the organizer and people go to them for yeah. their, like for their events. You have some folks like John from MTG near me who like build a whole website around it, which is just like, similar kind of thing, like sort of spreadsheet guy, but like kind of taken, you know, to the, the nth degree, just has a whole website, like where you even will post deck lists, like hit up the RCQs after and be like, give me your deck list and post them on top of just like having a calendar of here's what's going on. And I found like every single city like that has a discord will always have this person. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest thing for, for us over like the past while has been, how do you make this person's life as easy as possible? Because they're already super connected. Everyone already looks to them for all of their results uh, or for all of like the you know events that they put together. Like Fire Shoes is a great example. He does this just for yeah. the whole Midwest. He has the Midwest tournament updater. Yeah, shout out to him. He's put he's putting in the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out Fire Shoes. Uh, and so for the past while, I mean, Fire Shoes still does a lot of work, you know, manually grabbing events from different places because sometimes stuff is just only listed on Facebook or it's, you know, it's only right. on LA or something like that. But, you know, the, the spice rack, uh, saved view as, as we call it, like his, like, you know, saved filters has been, you know, a big piece of the Midwest tournament updater for a while now. And so building specific tools, you know, to make it so that the spreadsheet person can do their job really easily and they'll probably still end up building the spreadsheet anyway. They'll probably still end up, you know, exporting, you know, whatever, you know, results that we have for them. But it makes their job, you know, running their discords, you know, sharing the information that much easier. And if it's five minutes a week opposed to an hour a week, you know, that's really that's really helpful. Uh, and so building yeah. tools like that, calendar integrations has been a big one too. Like you can just save results that you see on the site, and it'll just it'll sync two way to a to a Google Calendar. And so mm-hmm. st- stuff like that. So like really just making that person's life as easy as possible has kind of been like the big thing. Yeah, that's great. I, I feel like you know leveraging those resources that are sort of already out in the community and sort of investing in that by, you know, second and third order effects then just passes down to like all the players in the area who now have easier access to everything. That's, yeah, that's exactly. really cool. Exactly. That, that sort of goes with something that, you know, I've talked to you about it before 
is you spend a lot of time collecting feedback from the community. And I, I see you out there, you know, on Discord and Twitter and email all the time. You know, you're asking for, you know, input and what do you want to see? What what features yeah. are you missing? What are your pain points? Yeah. And I think that's really awesome and, and a valuable piece that, you know, a lot of like magic software developers are, are not doing right now because, you know, obviously the system isn't perfect. So it's it's important to figure out how to make it better. But how does that philosophy sort of play into what you're creating? I think feedback is just everything, to be honest. Like, uh, it's just so important. Like, one of like the most special things that you can do, especially like in the world of building software, is you can build something for someone, whether that's yourself or some community, and then you can you know see whether it works. Like, is it actually solving the problem? Are people using it? And almost always people will have some, something that they could see improved. But like in the case of software, and it's so rare in like other forms of, you know, physical goods or, you know, systems that take a lot longer to change, you can make changes to software in like five minutes. And then you can deploy that change and have it be live in another 30 seconds. And so I just love like the, the, the feedback loop of building something and someone's like, oh, could you fix X? And then I just reply, fixed. Uh, and you know, it's not even like, oh, I'm going to do this. That's a good idea. Like that, that, that's fine too. But I just, I just love just being like, oh, can you just refresh your browser? And then the thing that they suggested is just there. <laughs> yeah, magic. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and and these things just add up really, really quickly. And so, I, partially, I just I see my role. I think like when you're building things, like you're you're serving the person that you're you're building. Uh, it's kind of easy to be caught up in this this sense of, oh, I have this vision, and you can be like on board with that vision or not. But like when you're building for a community, it's like there are people who search for events and want different forms of events than than what I want to see. Like and you know and right. and I'm not going to be able to serve those people unless I listen to them keenly. Like building for yourself and building for like your own vision can only get you so far. Eventually, you have to like understand what other people need. And so I just see it as my responsibility to to listen to to everyone. Yeah, so it's just extremely important. Yeah. That's such an awesome perspective. And I think, you know, especially building software and tools for a community like the Magic community that's just so diverse. And there's so many ways to like engage with this game, whether you're, you know, trying to grind the RCQs or you're just looking for commander events or you're looking for drafts. Like there's so many different ways to engage. And that's something that's really special about this game. And I think that's also like a failure of a lot of the other resources we have because they're either like so niched down into those specific areas that then, you know, people who aren't engaging in those ways can't use them or they're, you know, so generic that they're just not catching everything and, and getting the job done. So that's, that's really awesome. And I think that perspective is, is very clear to see in, in the tools that you're making. So that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, I do want to ask you, you know, outside of sort of collecting feedback and everything, what are some of the other challenges of creating software specifically for Magic now that you're doing that full time? That's a tough question. It's interesting. I, I think the toughest thing, there was this tweet that's sort of going around recently talking about they're like, why is Magic software bad? It was kind of the, the kind of idea. And one thing that they spoke about was that Magic itself as a game, I think their words were like, is it isn't worth entering the the marketplace? Or something. Yeah, I remember seeing that tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's definitely interesting, right? Like Magic is is kind of in a place where it's like adjacent to enough games where you can, you know, I think maybe convince yourself that it's there's like a sort of like a large market for like what you're building. But at the end of the day, like 
it's still quite niche. Uh, even mm-hmm. though the game is growing extremely quickly, it's still like considered, you know, quite a niche. So it's kind of like in the middle there where it's, it's hard. It's absolutely big enough for lots of hobby projects and lots of people who are doing stuff full time, like absolutely. Uh, but it's just kind of on the small side where it's, it's hard to, without a ton of creativity, figuring out like how this could become like a big company you know, building something like for like the magic community. And so you kind of like straddle that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the tough thing there is figuring out, okay, like this thing that I'm building, what is actually the total market that, that you know, one could go after, right? Like if you want, if you want to make a living, you know, you're doing this, like you have to make money in some capacity. And so you have to eventually do some kind of calculation of, okay, if I'm, if I'm selling X or, you know, there's a certain amount of players that I need to make ad revenue or whatever, like what percent of the market do I need to penetrate to actually like make this, like worthwhile what's the limit yeah exactly and so it's 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 tough it just i think requires yeah just a lot of creativity to really get right yeah that's interesting i think that that's something that you know having not necessarily on the software side but like on the content side with with the podcast and and both the the website like that's something i've thought a lot about too is just like you know how how many people can you reach how many people care about listening to this in such a in such a niche that that we're in so Definitely something to keep in mind. Cool. For Spice, the next thing I want to talk about is we've talked a lot about how it helps pe- people find events and how it's, it's sort of built for players first. Um, but something that you've gotten into a little more recently is tools for tournament organizers, the TOs, and judges. And I want to uh, let you talk a little bit about that if you'd like and, and just tell me about what your vision is on that side of things. Yeah, so I'll sort of start with like where we're at uh, and what we sort of built over the past couple months that's like you know already live which is one, one sort of concept we've been thinking about a lot uh, is applying like the like the spice rack experience to different things i think the site as it's gotten a little bit more notoriety is sort of known for you know sort of simple clean uis and and you know sort of easy flows and just things things just being like simple and intuitive and, and like just working and that's that's really important that's something that would like a lot of effort is like put into like make, make happen. <laughs> and, you know, when we're, you know, we're helping all these players find events, you know, the sort of the, the question that, you know, popped in, into our mind is, okay, well, like, why do we have to stop? Like, can we, can we help with a little bit more than just finding the events? You know, what if it's, you know, paying for the events? What if it's, you know, uploading deck lists or, you know, attending the events? And so I had a bunch of conversations with different TOs and, you know, LGS is, you know, trying to figure out, okay, like post us, you know, sending you a bunch of players, like what, what are kind of like the next biggest problems? Mm -hmm. And the thing that, that sort of came up was for a lot of stores handling digital deck lists was something they really wanted to do, whether it was for environmental reasons, or they just didn't want to have a big stack of paper, anything like that, you know, just ease the, you know, the administrative work on their judge is it's it's actually really hard to collect digital deck lists because you either need to like let people send you plain text emails or like fill out a Google form with like plain text um, where they can just like put for this, for that, for that. But the problem is like that won't, you know, validate in the sense that 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 could be 59 cards and Google forms isn't going to care. Right. Um, And then the alternative is, okay, well, if you send us like something that's formatted on like a deck building website, like a mox field, or a, or a goldfish that'll tell you if something is legal or if it's 60 cards if it has banned cards what format it's in it'll do all that stuff uh, but usually the player can then theoretically edit the deck list after the event starts <laughs> yeah 
change your deck every round. What could be better than that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I've heard of instances of this where like stores allow that, and then people specifically, you know, submit the the link, like they email them a Moxfield links, and then like you know make a change after round one or something, and that's really not okay. Sure. And so yeah, so stores both had a need for this, but then also didn't have like the direct technical like capability to do it the way that they wanted it to do. And so that sort of seemed like a logical next step was, okay, let's just make it really easy for anyone to accept digital deck lists. And so what we do is we let you upload however you want. Like normally you can upload a Moxfield link actually, and we'll duplicate it, or you can just upload a file or plain text or whatever. And then we make a, a copy of the deck. Uh, we both validate it. So we make sure that it's 60 cards and we, we you know, make sure that you're not, you're not making a deck reg error, misspelling a card name. And then uh, the the TO gets you know a formatted version that they can go in and go and look at. And so we had a handful of of different stores and RCQs using it uh, using the tool. But to be honest, I think the thing that is tough there is that at the end of the day, the more tools that you use, even if you know each tool is like trying their hardest, like the more breakpoints that you have, you're you're still going to have friction. Right, uh, and it's and it's going to make things harder. And so I, I found that with the deck list thing, well, there are some mm -hmm. stores that are that are liking it and using it. It can be tough. Like if you have a split of physical and, and paper, you have to now sync back. Like let's say on Event Link, you're running your RCQ, you have to sync like all your registrations and spice back to Event Link, and then make sure that okay, like did someone just submit a deck list through the spice rack thing and then like not show up to the store? So do we have like an extra random deck list that's going to mess up like our count of deck lists, things like that. And so it sort of became clear that in order to like really sort of like spice rack the world that we need to own like the whole stack. So that's where we're going as of today is that we are, I guess this is a good time. I'll just talk about this. Yeah. Dive in, man. This is, this is the, this is the good stuff. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we're launching pairing software as a mobile app, and so it's just called Spice Rack for now. Maybe it'll be called like Pairings by Spice Rack or something. But yeah, it's a, a mobile app that uh, players can use to find events just as they would normally. But then they can also play in events. They can get their pairings, report their matches, and so sort of when you think of like an, an event link or an, any sort of classic, you know, pairing software, you'll be able to, to do all of that. Uh, but the big thing being that, you know, players will be able to, you know, discover events, you know, pay for them directly in the app, upload their deck list using that, you know, same tooling directly in the app, you know, paste a Moxfield link or reuse a previous deck list, do that in one click, and then, you know, get their current, you know, table and, and match that they need to sit at via a push notification, report their match result all in the app, you know, view their standings after, you know, their statistics, statistics as a player, all of that will, will happen in, in one place. That's super exciting. I'm, I'm very, very happy to hear that, that this is coming and that we're going to have a, a new way to start doing these things. Push notifications are a big step in the right direction, I think. Yeah. Such a small thing that's so big. Yeah. I mean, mobile apps are really great for providing like immersive experiences like things not being in tabs on your phone like r really helps with just you know mm -hmm. there's tons of stuff you can do with navigation that is like things we just sort of take for granted right like stuff in mobile app like it, it t tends to like not disappear as much like when you're using it like it just kind of <laughs> stays in, in one place like if you could navigate back to a tab like the info is like still there and so it, it makes moving around easy but then of course also you get push notifications right and that's like a, honestly like really really big yeah. 
because like the really the thing like the experience that you want almost in uh at a tournament it's like not really interface with your phone like at all ideally like you almost just want to touch it like close to zero times Mm -hmm. and so like if we can just create a world where you actually just only read your push notifications maybe you just long tap the notification and then there's like a report to one like little sub button that can kind of pop up there or something like where like you don't even need to like open the app at all like that's actually kind of like best case scenario like our philosophy with this is really how do we just make the software like disappear into the background as much as possible right like software should just be a thing that exists to like empower you and is not something that you have to like spend a bunch of time using kind of thing right and so like yeah if we can just get to a world where you you have to use the app extremely <laughs> as just as few times as possible during the day when you're you're playing then you can just focus on playing right and that's like that would be the best yeah that's awesome i mean i th- i think that there's like right now the experience is you know you finish your round you you report or whatever and then you're waiting for the next round to start and you're sitting there in your your browser and you're refreshing and you're waiting for the pairing and you know you, you don't want to miss it so you yeah. have to sit there and refresh every couple of minutes and yeah. having that yeah. notification and like you said just not having to touch your phone and just be able to like go engage in the game and talk to people and check out the vendors like that's 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 the dream right there so awesome stuff so what is your vision for like getting people on board with this new app and, the, and this new way of doing things since there's already sort of an established precedent like what's your plan to sort of break in beyond just the name recognition with spice and and the experience you've already created sure. with helping sure. people find events, you know, what are the steps beyond that? Yeah. Yeah. So the way that we're breaking in is a, a couple different ways. You know, we have a fair amount of connections with just existing conventions and, and TOs that are, that are running events who have wanted a better experience in, you know, the first place, like they've just been looking for something like this. They want something more seamless, like the sort of one of the, the secrets uh, best kept secrets of like being a, a TO is that like you make all your money through side events and that the main event is almost always a wash or a loss mm-hmm. uh, after judging especially and then you just run crazy amounts of sides and then that like recoups like everything uh, and so making actually it super easy to enroll in side events is like it's actually kind of like an important thing and so that's something that we, we focused on specifically especially like when you have like a main event let's say a modern 10k and then they might you know around the time of round three or round four when people start dying they might run like a a 1k or maybe a five round thing side event like same format that people can just enroll in and so a really big thing for us is Mm -hmm. you know saving your payment info so you don't have to re-enter a credit card number you can just be like yeah reuse the card that i used this morning and then let me reuse my deck list that i used this morning and then let me tweak card 73 and 70 you know, four and five. Nice. Because there was a lot of burn. And so I'm just going to go and add some stuff and then, you know, tweak that. But just being able to like reuse my deck list in like a tap and then easily enroll in that side event, you know, automatically charge my card. I'm in. It's going to ping you when your round is up. Making like that experience really delightful for players, you know, is going to make these events a lot more profitable. and so for TOs, like, I think that's a really exciting notion. And so a big thing for like breaking in is, you know, you know, helping these events, you know, not lose money, right? Like we want magic to continue to exist. We want, you know, TOs to continue to run these events. And frankly, like right. there's been, like, I would play more side events if it was easier to do so. Uh, but I'm definitely not going to wait around like the blue gathering point for 40 minutes, waiting for like some thing to fire kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So that's that's one is just making the sides experience really great to start. Yeah. The second is uh, team trios. Team trios is a super popular format that is actually really hard to administrate via software. There's a ton of stuff going on. Like you have like multiple pairings, mm-hmm. but your pairings are part of a team. And then you need to order the players and like which seat they're in, which gets crazy if you have triple modern or something, because now you need to always have a left-hand player who like stays the same. Uh, so you need to have like wristbands and stuff like that. You're like, oh, I'm orange. Okay, let's, we're both orange. Play. <laughs> um, and then it like it deviates, doesn't deviate. It, it just uses like crazy rules. Like teams win 1-0, they don't win like 2-1. And so it's a really like interesting technical problem that hasn't really been solved very well. And so that's another big thing is like players really want to do it. TOs really want to do it because players love team trios. Uh, yeah, super. Yeah, maybe like the most fun playing Magic because it's like the only oh, time yeah, that Magic so is fun. <laughs> competitive. Magic is not a single player event, uh, and so you just get to like being able to just like talk with your, your friends right. or you know you know say crazy shit. Like it's it's just so great. Anyway, so that it's a it's a tough t- technical challenge, and so building four things like that from day one has also been helpful in you know in, in getting uh, TOs on on board. Yeah, I'm sure that's an a, an attractive feature for anyone that's wanting to run that type of event. So, having this, you know, in the app, having all the features sort of there, this is like obviously the next big step for Spice. Is this the end goal? Is this uh, just another stepping stone? Like, where do you see it going from here, or how, how do you mm-hmm. see it continuing to evolve? Is it is it partnerships with like the big TOs for the RCs, or you know, what are your plans? What are your goals for the future with it? I mean, in the realm of magic, we definitely want as many tournaments to be using the software as possible. That's for sure. I think when it comes to long-term plans, is we just want to be the place that players uh, of any game are just finding and playing their events. We want to be the place that any gamer goes in and finds and plays any event that they're playing. And this could be both in person or online, but really anyone, whether it's like they want to go and play, you know, find people to play Catan with at you know a board game cafe to someone playing. Uh, a smash tournament or some like niche online game that they just want to find a room for Spiceback will just be the place that you go to, to make that happen. And then, you know, whether it's connecting you with players or a tournament organizer or a place to go, or just an online lobby, you'll, you know, start, start with your search, get paired with players, go play your tournament, you know, pay for your tournament, you know, do the setup and administrative fees. You'll get paid out through Spice Rack, you know, when you, you know, win or, or get prizing and then, you know, you'll be able to have, you know, all your friends, you know, follow you throughout that journey. They'll be able to see, hey, you signed up for this event. Oh, you're 2-0. Uh, you'll be able to see what they're doing. And really what we want to get is just like a community of all the gamers together who are like playing events. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call it uh, like, a, like a social network, though like maybe in kind of some obscure way it almost would be. Uh, but we do want to have a community of anyone who's at, like going and playing events of any capacity we want mm-hmm. that to happen all all directly on the platform wow that's awesome so sort of branching out even from magic and and looking into some other things yeah how is like at, on the technical side i know with like magic stuff you're able to pull from like established places where people put up events right and like sure import those let's say how does that work for other games is there like also networks for people that want to put up events or is it more on the spreadsheet like manual side or Every game is different. Uh, it just depends on like uh, 
the infancy of the game too, right? Like these are things that, you know, the game companies need to always build and they need to get stores on board and then, you know, get all these things set up. And so various games have sort of like different, different levels of, of, of that. And so, I mean, I think we'd probably have a mix, right? Like being able to pull from existing event sources is while important, it also is like a little bit of a hack in that it is like a stepping stone to get players on board. And then when you have players on board, usually stores will be mm-hmm. willing to just post events directly. Gotcha. I think that's kind of like the, the big value of building a really great experience for those who are administrating the events themselves is they mm-hmm. want to use this directly. Uh, then now they're, they're posting the event actually just on the app itself. And then I don't have to worry about any sort of additional going through external networks to go and get those events. Sure. Gotcha. And then again, benefit passing down then to the players through that, through that structure. Very nice. Exactly. I want to go back to what we were just talking about for a second, as far as like the, the social aspect yeah. and the new app that you guys are going to be releasing, what sort of like social features, because I know like people are always posting their deck list on Twitter and, yeah. and, you know, doing a thread with results and stuff. Is there any yeah. sort of like functionality in that vein? Exactly. Yeah. The thing that's fun about the Twitter thing is that like you get to use like silly emojis for your wins and losses and, you know, people like to post cool, you know, photos of their, their deck and stuff like that. And so we definitely don't want to like lose any of that. I think the big thing is making it easier to do the things that you already want to do, which is like updating people about how your matches are going or specifically like finding your friends to see what events they're playing or like how they're doing like in that event. I think is, is really big. And that's kind of like the initial like sort of social hook. And so the things that we're going to sort of post about is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're friends with someone on the app is you'll be able to see, you know, what, a, what events, like as they register for something, you'll be able to see that happen. And then you'll be able to like click the event to register yourself if you want to. Uh, when you go to sign up for an event, so you know, there's some 10K coming up. Nice. You'll be able to see which of your friends have already registered. Uh, which is you know a nice way because there's always sort of that experience of oh I didn't even know you were coming to this event you run into someone that you knew and then as you win or lose matches in the app it'll also update your your followers uh-huh. and so you know you, you win and you're two zero it'll 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 post that and so people can sort of follow that along the big thing here is we wanted the experience of like rooting for your friends to be really easy uh, and sometimes especially like you know. You're doing well in a tournament, you know, multiple group chats are pestering you for like, what are the results? What are the results? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not easy to, uh, to follow. Like one of our sort of advisors that we've been working with, Dave Shields, we have what we call internally uh, the, the Dave's wife use case, <laughs> which is that his wife likes to follow around, uh, follow uh, his tournament results and like specifically like how the day is going, like actively, like, you know, while, while he's playing. And so we want to make it really easy for anyone enfranchised or not to be able to follow your results and, and see how things are going and, and do sort of, you know, the, the anxious refresh. Sure. But like ma- making that, you know, really easy is important. That's a really cool feature that uh, <laughs> will help everyone that's not at the tournament be able to follow along. And that's really cool. I'm excited to try that out myself. So another question I have for you on the, the sort of like technical performance side of things, one complaint that we hear a lot about existing software is, you know, day of the event you're waiting for round one to start and the software crashes because everyone's trying to you know refresh their phone or whatever the case may be it crashes so what's sort of the plan to handle that and i know obviously in some cases it's maybe inevitable that you know just the strain of everyone being on in the same 10 seconds is is a lot but what's the plan for um sort of managing performance and ensuring a better day of experience the blessing and the curse of building magic software 
is, or like tournament software specifically is that you have extremely spiky uh, usage. Uh, and so like your average requests per second will be probably like some actually the fairly low number. And then on days of tournaments or like on specific minutes during days of tournaments, it'll be like extremely high and then it'll kind of like go back down. Right. And so it's like, you can't build for just like the average, uh, you have to build for like the spikes, you know, the spikes in traffic Ironically. and the spikes, the players. No, I was going to say the both, the both kinds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, so that's tough, but the, like the upside of that is that all the spikes are predictable. Like you just know ahead of time, both, you know, like mm-hmm. the day before the tournament, you know, that a big tournament is happening. You see that something has 500 registered players. Like you just know it's going to be big. Uh, you can also tell like during the exact like moments in the tournament, you know, when the round is going to end, right? Like as soon as like the, the last, there's only, you know, five, four, three, two, one tables left. That's when, you know, that kind of stuff starts and it, you know, everyone's refreshing and they want to know what's up. So that being predictable helps. Like you can, you can design the backend in, in such a way that, you know, you're just going to have certain spikes. Basically, the way that we do it is we use tools that let us sort of like, quote unquote, uh, scale horizontally, uh, which is just, you know, if one server can handle a certain number of requests per second, then, you know, three times the amount of servers can handle like, you know, three times the amount of requests roughly. Sure. And so just like before big events, you know, you know, we built out some tooling to like scale that up a bunch. And so you can make sure that okay, we, we know roughly how many players are going to be at this event. We know how many events are happening in a given day. We can like roughly map that to how many like servers we're going to need active at a given point in time and then make sure that everything else like doesn't break. And then we have some other tooling for specifically pairings themselves will, will sort of be cached, which is like, you know, they'll be, you know, saved in like a certain place where they're like, they're not changing unless someone kind of like presses a specific button that like makes it go change. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually very little kind of like load on the server that needs to happen uh, to go and get pairings specifically. Right. Get it once and you're done. Yeah. You just, you get, you get it once and it's probably not something that's changing. So it doesn't need to go and do a bunch of work. And so like that, that'll help with, with load as, as well. And so I know this is sort of like a whole lot of kind of mumbo jumbo stuff, but like the, the big thing is that it's really top of mind for us. And it's like so much so that we're going to have uh, like service abil- availability agreements, like with our RTOs to specifically say like, look, like we're going to ensure that your uptime is, is above, you know, a, cer- a certain percentage because that's important. It's, yeah, it's important. It's a, it's a really big problem. And so it's something we think about a lot. Yeah. And I think that's something that like both sides, uh, TOs and players, can agree on is super frustrating with existing solutions and is something that like would really streamline the day and make, make the experience a lot more enjoyable. If, if you don't have, again, back to what we talked about earlier, if you don't have to think about the app, you're just, it it just works and and you get your pairings and you're good to go and you don't think about it again. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. That's great. Well, this, this all sounds really exciting. Um, I got a couple other, other questions brand wise with spice uh some fun questions sure. but any anything else you want to touch on with like the new app and everything before we move on to that yeah so we have uh as of you know this episode going going live on the 22nd of february uh we will be taking uh we'll have an interest form for for a wait list uh live it'll be on our twitter at uh spice rack gg and so tos that are interested in using uh in using the tool we're letting people on uh sort of through like a, a queue, just like a waitlist system, because we want to make sure that like every TO gets a really good experience and we're not just going to open the floodgates uh, and give everyone like a medium experience. We need like everyone to, it needs to be great for everybody. Uh, and so if, for those who are interested in using this, um, that is the best way to sign up. 
Great. Yeah. I think that even that perspective right there should tell anyone that's listening what you need to know that like y'all care and, and want to deliver a great experience. So that's awesome. Okay. Before we get in the next section, we got to take a second to let you know that the Bolt Zone is excited to be partnering with our new friends over at Heavy Play. Heavy Play is a card gaming accessories brand built to improve your gameplay and game day experience with their lineup of high quality products. Their playmats, deck boxes, and sleeves feature enhanced ergonomics, mobility, and protection for your collection. One of my favorite things about Heavy Play is their equip mag system. You can snap your deck boxes, dice boxes, and playmat all together with super strong magnets. Keeps everything really secure. Make sure you're not losing stuff between rounds or, or sliding around the table during play. I saw a really cool tweet this week. Someone had their their heavy play deck box snapped onto a fridge uh, in their in their room in their office. So another another interesting feature. You can uh, have quick access on your way out the door to the deck you need. I've been using heavy plays playmat and deck boxes personally, and I'm really really enjoying them. They feel super premium, very durable, which is something I appreciate on game day. Uh, I was using them. The other weekend at the Denver RC and had a really great time through a lot of rounds having those accessories with me. I was I was happy to have them. So another thing you want to check out is their new color. The the purple is really, really vibrant, and I'm going to definitely have to pick some up. The purple stands out and uh, is definitely an, an eye-catching addition to the Heavy Play lineup. So check that out. If you want to do that, you can do it at Heavy Play's website, heavyplay.com. You can use the promo code BTB10 to get 10% off your entire first order and help support the show. And you can also be on the lookout for Heavy Play at MagicCon Chicago this weekend if you want to try their products out for yourself or pick some up. But again, no need to wait. You can check out the website at heavyplay.com now to shop the full lineup and use promo code BTB10 to get 10% off your entire first order and help support the show. Okay, so back to Spice. We have seen some really cool things from you guys on the merch side. And uh, the very simple, very clean-looking Spice merch out in the wild with the the O2, maybe a little self-deprecation. Tell me the story about the merch. Where did that all come from? So the merch came from George Jabour's wife, actually. Uh, Angela, shout out to Angela. Uh, I was at the Dallas RC and she had this hat on and it, it said O2 on it. And I think it was like originally made by like a smash creator or it was, it was but it was something smash related, I think. Uh, and I asked him like, where did you get that hat? And I can't remember what she had said, but it was some kind of, I'm not sure. Like it was a one-off or something. I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, Oh my God, that's such a good idea. And then George walked over and that's how I actually met George in that moment. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then that kind of like seeded the thought of like, oh man, like the O2 hat is just like a genius idea. Uh, and when I launched Spice, like a big thing that we do is, I mean, we're ingesting hundreds of thousands of events uh, at any given point in time, like every day. And like, mm-hmm. we need to check all those events for changes and things like that. So we need to like go over them. We also do a lot of cleaning of the data. And so specifically like adding, you know, really nice location names for like stores and things like that, that aren't just latitude and longitude coordinates, uh, you know, and that, that, that actually like that work that happens every day by the system is actually kind of expensive, uh, relative to like, you know, how big the project is. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up being like a couple hundred bucks a month in server fees pretty quickly, even with a really small amount of usage just to kind of like get, get up and running. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is actually like kind of at the level immediately where I like, I, I don't want to just like foot the bill for this like randomly. Uh, mm-hmm. We should find some way to like make some amount of money. And so I thought, okay, let me just like do merch. That's kind of like an easy way to do it. Launched the, 
I think the first ones were like, yeah, O2. And then we have, we had like Tilted yeah. was another one. It said <laughs> Tilted on it. And we have wa- Washed was a really popular one. And I think those were the ones that we launched with. And then we just have stuff that it says like Spice Rack on it. Sure. But that's like much less popular. And like I, that definitely like struck a, a chord, I think. Ma- Magic Twitter, I think likes a lot of that stuff. And there's sort of like a big sort of like self-deprecation theme. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it went really well, and like you know, was was paying the you know paying the bills and you know keeping keeping the site alive, and so we've just sort of just like run with the bit now, basically, and just like any kind of like memery opportunity, uh, we'll we'll make make more merch. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I I love seeing what y'all come out with. It's especially uh, around band announcements. Anytime there's a band announcement coming, I know there's about to be some fire merch. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like we've thought about doing stuff about like other discourse, but it's really hard to do that without it sort of being like punching down. Yeah, it's like eventually like, you're, you're hitting somebody. Or if it's like you're just making fun of like like no changes, for example, that's basically a victimless crime to like you know make a hat that says no changes. Yes, we can. So, we can always put Watsy down. That's a, <laughs> that's a safe target. And so stuff like stuff like that. Though band announcement merch goes out of fashion really quickly <laughs> sure because there's like the no changes thing and then a bunch of people bought no changes stuff and then like a month later fury got banned all the changes <laughs> yeah all the changes exactly yeah. so, but no it's 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 fun also like I, I always wanted to to like sort of make my make my own merch it was kind of like a, an itch that i wanted to scratch uh and so yeah it's 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 been really fun to be honest that's awesome yeah it's cool to, it's cool to just have have the brand out there which which speaking of i want to i want to ask where did the the name Spice Rack and like the little salt logo? Where did where did that kind of come from? What was the thought? Oh uh, yeah. So my plan originally was to build a bunch of small tools for the magic community, and I imagined Spice Rack. So I basically I had like a long list of all sorts of different stuff. One of the things like what Flexlot.gg is was one of the things on my list. Uh, and then I was talking to George, and he was like, "I want to build this." I'm like, "Please, like just just take it." Nice. But I ha- basically had this list of all sorts of different tools. Like I wanted to rebuild the Moto deck building interface, but just on a website. So you can like, drag grids of cards and move them around and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I just like like that tactile experience. Just like a bunch of just like random kind of small stuff like that. And I was going to have, you know, a bunch of different tools. And the first one that I actually built was a place for people to report Magic Online Salt. Okay as well as magic online, like sugar. So like good experiences that you have with like other players. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause I felt as though like there's the MTGO salt Twitter account, uh, which is good, but also, I mean, they do important work, but there's also sort of a slight sort of comedic kind of, you know, patronizing tone. You're, you're making fun of the people that are salty. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of its primary purpose. And I thought like, is there a way that we could actually just uh, like accumulate multiple instances of people being crappy to their username and then like report a bunch of it at once to hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, have some change. Cause there are people who are like notoriously not nice on magic online oh, who yeah. are still around, right. right? Like you just, you see, you see certain names, you're like, Oh, I'm just turning off chat before like this gets crazy kind of thing. And like, it's yeah. not a very good experience. And so that was the first idea it was going to be a magic online salt and sugar reporter. The second idea was going to be an easier event finder, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, if you have salt and sugar, that's like a like a spice rack. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And so, and then that's how the original salt emoji came up. And so I was going to have a bunch of, like, all the ideas were going to be, like, under the spice rack moniker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it would be sort of events by spice rack. It would be, you know, salt reporter by spice rack, whatever. Gotcha. I did the first, and then I just did the event locator thing. And then, like, that kind of took off. I was like, okay, this is just the thing now. Yeah. This is, we got to run with this one. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, we just got to run with this one. Yeah. Well, it's super cool. I, I like that you get to play on words a lot with the with the kitchen terminology and everything. That's that's fun. It's been good. Yeah, I think like if there's a change we're gonna make, it's probably the salt logo will probably get nixed at some point soon. I think it's cool for a while, but it's like maybe like just too slightly on the juvenile side. I think sure. perhaps it's just like we don't want to invoke concepts of people being upset or being salty or something like that right and so uh it'll probably need to change but fun for players less fun when you're trying to get tos on board <laughs> yeah yeah kind of thing it's just like you probably want to be like just let like less silly in that regard kind of thing uh, yeah i got you well awesome man that's an interesting story so i don't wanna, i don't want to take up much more of your time i know you got big things to do in chicago but um I really appreciate you coming on and talking. This was really interesting and yeah. I'm happy that this is uh, hopefully going to be an opportunity to help get the word out about the new app. Definitely something that people should check out and I'm, I'm excited to watch the progress, watch this thing catch on. Any last minute thoughts on Spice or creating software for Magic players before we head out? Yeah, uh, I guess the only other thing would be if there's ever anything that comes up with any of the software that anyone uses ever that I that I've made, uh, you can you like DM me on Discord or Twitter or like just walk up to me in person and just like tell me what you think is bad or, or good. And if I have time, I'll fix it on the spot for you. Or otherwise, let you know try to fix it like pretty quickly. And so, yeah, feedback of of all kinds is like extremely welcome. And so, if there's anything I can drive home, it's like you can you know anyone can always tell me what they think we should be doing better, and we'll we'll try to make that happen. That's awesome, man. I, I can vouch for that. I know you, you're working hard and are always innovating. So props, props to you for that. That's, um, I think, really valuable and something that's going to make a difference in the space. So moving forward, um, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. I think it has an underscore. I think it has an underscore. <laughs> yeah, my, my Twitter handle is Evan underscore MTG. And the Spice Rack Twitter handle is just Spice Rack GG. And we have a, we have a Discord as well. Uh, which will be a lot more active as of like today uh, again. And so that's, that's the best way to, to interact with me. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put a, we'll put a link to all that stuff in the show notes so people can get at you, but yeah, again, man, appreciate you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Look forward to watching the progress. And if, uh, if there's anything we can do to help you out, let us know. Thanks Cody. Absolutely. Well, enjoy Chicago and for everyone listening, thank you so much. If you enjoy the show, please give us a follow, leave a review on the platform of your choice. We read them all. Love to hear from you. Um, if you want to help support the show, consider subscribing to the Patreon. We'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. You can order stuff from heavy play using the promo code BTB 10. You get 10% off your order, help support the show, or you can check out some merch from our shop. And until next time, that's going to be it for today. So get out there, sling some spells, and don't forget your spices. Spices.